Welcome, Internet, to the Pixel Play Podcast, your weekly podcast where we get together to talk about everything going on in the video game world. I am one of your co-hosts, Kalen, a.k.a. Catastrophe, joined as always by my co-host, Adam, at CS Radical, and the man who forgot to get the memo that today is Red T-Shirt Day, Jin at Jin and Chris, or Chris at Jin and Chris. Man, I missed one week and I am getting all rusty. We're doing this on a Wednesday instead of a Tuesday. I'm all thrown off. You know, I was good at we got thrown off with a couple cuts and haven't restart this. You guys all missed my NPR voice. That was sultry and beautiful. We all missed oh, a so week. Sultry. And yet and yet clearly you're the one that's just not ready. I don't know why. I, this is just I'm so ashamed. I'm so ashamed. Hearing the you. show here as the host, buddy. Come on, cut me some slack. <laughs> I I feel ashamed. I was on vacation. I only bought one souvenir, which was a red t-shirt. And now I'm so <laughs> upset I didn't wear it because I would have fit in. But now, now I'm by myself on the side. Oh, oh, not retro self. <laughs> I like how we all had the same thing. We all went complete different directions. <laughs> we no did. harmony. We did completely. Or it was our attempt at what we assume is harmony. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. last week, ladies and gentlemen, we weren't here. Uh, one of us was sick. One of us was away. And one of us just didn't give a crap. I'm not going to say who was who. But uh, Chris, how are how was I your was vacation? here. <laughs> i'll have both of you fuck all y'all uh vacation was amazing i went uh, to alberta and canada banff area never been there before i've never actually gone anywhere besides ontario and quebec so it was super awesome um i won't bore too much of the podcast with that but i did get to up to a uh, bit of gaming while i was gone because you have to Ooh. sit on a plane and uh, the steam deck exists so that was a lot mm-hmm. of fun i actually played and beat a game during my trip, which was just on the plane ride there for one hour in a hotel at one point, and then on the plane ride back. Um, a very awesome, fun, very short game called After Party. I'm not sure if anybody's heard of that yet. Um, is that where you're like, th- in hell? Yes. Okay. It is so interesting. It's mostly narrative. There's some like wandering around. It's not much of a puzzle game in the sense of where should I go? Like, it's very obvious where you should go. The map's not very big. A um, little bit of mini games, which is the drinking games that happens. But the concept is you are two people fresh out of college. You die together uh, and you go to hell. And hell is not what you'd expect it to be. Um, it is not great, obviously, as a human being, if apparently you go to hell. But when you go there, <laughs> to see it now, the video up on stream being uh, very Canadian. I didn't post um, the footage of Canada and <laughs> South Park. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you, uh, there, you're in hell. It sucks uh, as a human, but like, it's kind of like where you're tortured during the day, but then everybody breaks for their shift and goes out drinking and partying and the humans party with the demons. And it's like, you do drinks, you know, you have shots with them, but then they're just going to torture you with bees all day tomorrow. Like, it's a very interesting concept. However, you don't want to be in hell, you the, the two people uh, that are there. Um, and there is one way to get out, and it's that you have to out-drink Satan. That's it. That's the whole concept. Just out-drink Satan. So it's actually like a bit of a story, how you build up to it. First, you meet some people. Then, of course, you get brought over to... Um, you'll eventually actually meet Satan. He gives you a few, like, prerequisites. You go do those prerequisites, and then, you know, you get to go and attempt and outdrink Satan. It's very narrative, very, very well voice acted. I would say that's actually its best part. 
very well written, very well acted, um, which it, it had to be because honestly, besides like a little bit of the art style, there isn't much else to this. It's more, it's just telling a story in a very interesting way. However, your choices actually do matter in this where there's three different endings, which then can have little, little bits of differences and everything like that. Um, and it like some of the people in it are actually um, uh, popular voice actors. One of the main uh, characters in the game named Sam is Ashley Birch, uh, Aloy from um, Horizon New, uh, Zero Dawn and such. Um, I think she's also Tiny Tina in Borderlands. Mm -hmm. uh, she's in it. Um, I don't remember the guy's name. I knew it like two days ago. I forget. But Lee from the Walking Dead Telltale series. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was in it. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he played Satan. I think that's actually the voice that he had done. Like such great um voice actors and stuff in the game so really awesome highly suggested i beat it in i think five hours um i didn't go and like get every ending and do all of that i imagine it wouldn't take very long to do that but like just playing it through once hearing the well-written very like very like rick and morty style well-written kind of stuff where you got to be paying attention and they will make jokes within jokes that then come back later um they kind of make you question also like you know what is the correct thing to do do i belong in hell would i also like to be there judging based on this like a lot of like like thinking involved but really 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 well done um i have been playing another game since i got home but i'm gonna leave that because i have a feeling that uh adam is probably going to bring this game up um considering Ooh. he also had footage of it already with uh <laughs> for practice before the show started so i won't talk about that one but uh after party I highly suggest you get it on anything. If I'm assuming it runs on a potato, it's very like not much to the game. Very funny, very narrative. You uh, if you like the f word, that's the only thing they say fuck like every thirty seconds, and it's but very cleverly. So very very highly suggested. Cool. Uh, Adam, what about you? What what's new with you? What have you been up to? What have you been playing? Well, it was inevitable. Coffee Talk episode two, Hibiscus and Butterfly came out. I needed to get my chill on, and I did. And I've finished at least one run through of it so far. I need to go back now and get most of the achievements and probably figure out what the special ending is that kind of reveals a little bit more because the, the first game had the similar thing. And this episode ends with a sort of another sort of like hint of like, hey, you might want to go back and check some stuff. And I'm like, all right, fine. I'll go back and do this again. Apparently there's a little bit more to it than just replaying it. Unlike the first game, apparently the second one, there's more like actual things you got to do. Like I get, I got to intentionally misserve people, which is going to be very difficult for me because I don't like doing that. Cause my OCD is going to hate that. <laughs> like, but, but I'm supposed to give them this. Why? But professional uh, barista in you is like just dying. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit. I mean, for those who have never seen the game before, Coffee Talk is essentially a visual novel game that takes place in a coffee shop in what I can only describe as a modern-day Dungeons & Dragons world. Because that's basically what it is. And it deals with a lot of more uh, cultural issues in it, so it's more just like a... It's taking what essentially are real-life issues and just putting it into this more laid back like the music is just really really super chill like it's still like the easiest music to just turn on when i clean so it, it that's those soundtracks are so perfect for that stuff but um it's they take some serious stuff they do have some funny stuff at the same time the pixel art is 
fucking beautiful in the in these games. They do a fantastic job. What they've done differently in the second game, though, is there's a lot more emotion in terms of the pixel art because it used to just be a couple of faces here and there. Now they have a little bit more. Like, there's a lot more, like, you could say a little even more anime-esque where there's the, like, the blank stare eyes and, like, the like the jaw-dropping kind of, like, animation. So, like, they get a little bit more, a little bit, of, a couple extra facial expressions and animations and stuff, but they still haven't done, like, that much of a change, like... The art style hasn't changed. The coffee shop basically is untouched. The system is basically untouched aside from adding two new ingredients, which just gives you more teas to make. But they didn't add any new, uh, like any other ingredients aside from two new sets of tea leaves. Like they didn't add like another something like they, I'm surprised they haven't thrown in something like, oh, now you can start picking lactose free X or or whatever, like, I don't know, like, this character is, like, a satyr, so he's, like, half goat and half something. I'm surprised they don't have, like, something specifically for their dietary things. I'm surprised they didn't. This guy, I'm sorry. Adam, I'm getting distracted just watching this. This guy is totally giving you, like, fuck me eyes. It's like, am I the only one, Chris, picking this up? I mean, he is an influencer, so probably. He is definitely, like, hitting on you just with his eyes. Like, I'm getting, (laughs) I'm trying to pay attention, and I'm just getting, like, completely lost, just watching this character look he's not the only character that has those eyes okay there there's there's a few people see uh, and, I, chris am i the only one that's picking up these vibes <laughs> i i couldn't notice because adam mentioned different milks and all i could think of is like feed this goat goat milk let's go crazy <laughs> <laughs> like that's all i could think and then, uh yeah no i oh, yeah. i i th- feel like i felt that maybe when i first started playing the game but then as you go through the actual story i think that helps in in realizing that he's not giving you the eyes well maybe yeah. you're just not playing it right and he, and he's maybe one that's, of the newer maybe characters one of the secret added, i want to say i think they've only added three two or three i'm already forgetting if there's one i've already forgotten that i feel really shitty but there's really only two that i can think of that are like new and like really important ones oh no that's a lie there's three because they added um a person in a spacesuit, so they added that too so you got um, an astronaut now coming to your cafe Oh, there are aliens, and they just wear spacesuits. Because that's how they hide their identity. Yeah, because that's really subtle. If I see someone walking <laughs> yeah, around in a spacesuit, that's, suit, that's the joke. They don't understand that that's not <laughs> subtle. Because the only yeah. thing they've seen is of us in space is us on the moon. That's how they studied us. So they're like, oh, yeah, that's clearly normal Earthling clothes. You figure they get here, though, like and be dog. like, you figure they get here, though, and they look around and be like, I feel lightly, like slightly overdressed for this like occasion. You'd think. And you've got but, this guy with horns, and like, really, the thing that this is going to be an issue, like, that's where we draw the line? Don't worry about <laughs> it. You're at, don't ask too many questions. But um, as a whole, like, as going through the first playthrough, I'm getting the mostly perfect ending. It's very well done. I have a one major complaint in that, like, my favorite character basically doesn't show up in this game at all, which is kind of disappointing. But the characters that they do keep over, like, there's a, a character that starts out as a couple in the first game and they're leading up to like they've been dating and they're potentially looking at you know moving in together now in this game they're starting to talk about getting married and the pitfalls of that and the different issues throughout the various chapters they talk about you know the first chapter is a lot has a lot to do with influencer culture and how social media is kind of like a pro and a con in life they talk about things like i said like you know dealing with marriage they talk about you know the idea of you know, if you have a longer lifespan, then like if you end up being living to like 90, but some of your friends are dying at like 50, like dealing with the idea of losing all of these friends and you no longer having any relationships anymore. Like there's a lot of these issues that 
you honestly don't want to think about when you play this game, but the game puts you in such a chill mood that you actually can handle them, which I think is a strong point that the game has as well in that it's so easy to just relax on that when they throw these issues at you, it doesn't necessarily, unless it's like an actual trigger for you, it doesn't hit you because it's so, it's so well-crafted with in its its own world that you don't exactly like, Chris, look at this guy, man's eyes. Tell me that was not him hitting his eyes. Pop up. I'm like, okay, okay. Hey, let's, let's I'm see. taking him off the screen just so that way you can focus now. I'm not the one doing it. I'm the victim here. <laughs> but no, I, I've honestly liked the game You didn't put any gameplay up when Chris was talking about After Party. I don't know why you're putting your game up now. Because I have not <laughs> But uh Don't make I, it like I'm the bad guy here. You are. <laughs> Anyways. Uh... I like probably the first one more though, and, and just because I think I like the general vibes of all the characters meshing together. There's like all the characters in the, in this game are still really really good, but I don't think I necessarily gelled with it nearly as much as the first one. It may also be a it's not as new anymore kind of factor in it that now that I've already played one, it doesn't have the same value in the same way that like I still like Forbidden West a lot, but Zero Dawn just feels better because I guess it was more new back then. But it's still. A, it's still a very solid game. You know, I would still put it as very much like, and it's less than 20 bucks Canadian. So it's an easy pickup. And I did buy it because I felt like I owed it to them because I, I love the first one so much. They deserve my money, especially when it's not a really expensive game, even though it was on game pass. So I was happy to do that. But yeah, if we were doing our six out of six rating, I'd give it a solid five. Like it's slightly below what I put the first game at as a perfect six. Whereas this one, it's like, they didn't add as much as I would have liked to have seen them done. I'm still at the point that, like, there's a part of me that wishes there was voice acting to this. I know with the original game, people modded it so that they had their own voice acting to it. But I, I would love to see what happened if they took, like, professional voice actors and actually did a, a run with it. Because it's not a lot. It doesn't demand a lot. So, because it's not like the game's very long. I finished it in less than 10 hours, I think. So it's not like it's a it's a massive amount of dialogue and I think it, it would really enhance the charm, but it also is just fine as it is. Like I can't complain really. Should like do a playthrough where we do the voice acting for it? No, that sounds like a bad idea. I sounds like a great idea. <laughs> okay. Well then, hey, we'll the so who are you that clearly you're <laughs> fuck me eyes boy? Oh, I'm definitely that guy. Come on. <laughs> I call dibs. I want to be Amanda in the spacesuit. All right. <laughs> I guess I have to be the barista then. <laughs> but what, what uh, you, cool. just briefly before uh, i guess we move on chris what did you think because i know i know uh, you've been playing i don't know if you finished it yet i'm two days away like in game from finishing it which is like i don't know 40 minutes of gameplay yeah um i'm i'm love i i love it like it's it's hitting a lot of the same notes as the first game i think i feel the same in the first one's a bit better but i think that might be that every character was new and a mystery this one it's mostly returning characters except two so those two, like, I get very excited when they show up. When the other characters show up, it's more like just seeing old friends again, I guess, in a way, right? Um, but, like, the music, same spot on. Uh, uh, you know, the actual game, very similar to the first. couple new ingredients, couple new things you can actually do, but um, I, I I love it. Like, it's, it's, it's like comfort food, but even beyond that. Like, it's actually, like, I love cozy games, but this is one of the ultimate cozy games for sure as i first started playing my first day back at the gym from vacation i played the soundtrack to the first game 
amazing. I just highly suggest no one use that to go to the gym. You're not <laughs> going to try very hard. You're going to almost just relax into a state of, I don't need to move. So amazing soundtrack. Don't use it at the gym. Cool. Yeah, you'll 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 basically be just walking on the treadmill, and that's the most you're doing. You ain't gonna be doing any jogging. No, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I'm still waiting for Jedi Survivor. Two more yes. days. Cannot wait. Uh, the reviews came out. I'm so excited. It looks so good. But I was kind of going back and forth. I think I said last time we were uh, on the podcast that I was gonna try out Evil West. I got. I don't even think I got past the tutorial. I'm like, no, nah, this ain't it right now. I don't know if it ever will be, but it definitely isn't right now. Oh, side uh, note, I actually tried Elden Ring. Oh, let, stop right there. What do we think? Uh, here's the weird thing. So I tried it on its in its own for, original form. It mm -hmm. didn't go very well. No, it never does. So because I got it on PC, I did what I said I was going to do. I was going to try with the easier mod. And I learned that I don't think I like From Software games because even with the reduced difficulty and actually getting bosses down, it's not fun for me. Oh, you just wait. It's like smoking. You don't. Nobody ever likes their first smoke. You eventually start craving it. I went through, I want to say I put maybe eh, like five, six hours and I killed like three or four bosses. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's how it goes. You have your first cigarette. You, you feel like you're going to throw up. You hate it. You don't like it, but you keep going because all the cool kids are doing it and you want to be a cool kid too. So you just keep smoking. And well, eventually it's been like, a week, I get so, it now. You know, that cravings had time to punch back in. It hasn't worked so far. So just keep playing until you wake up in the middle of the night and you need Elden Ring or you won't yeah. be able to go back to sleep because you'll get the shakes. But it was That's interesting you... trying that because when I played the easier version of it, I'm like, I think I understand too why they wouldn't put easy mode in this because the game just isn't nearly as, I guess, interesting because the ch with the challenge removed, it's just a kind of dark and dreary, boring world. There's not a whole lot going mm -hmm. on with it. But the idea is of you trudging through and overcoming shit that's more the actual nature of the game. And now that I've played it in both of those formats, now I kind of understand why they would never want to do an easier mode in that game. It makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, it's great. And I think there is something to be said of the difficulty of like, you're scared of everything, like monsters, humans, cats, everything. Like everything's trying to kill you. And you're just like, I just need to get to the next checkpoint just to get my my souls and stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I was kind of like, I'm kind of in a holding pattern, so I, I ended up picking up the Horizon Burning Shores DLC. Really enjoying that. So I, I think if you guys remember, I wasn't a, like, I didn't not, not like the game or whatever. I didn't not like the game uh, Forbidden West, but I felt like it was just, I, the characters didn't resonate with me, and thank God they are gone. It is just Aloy, and you meet a new character. I think her name's Seika. She seems cool. Like, I like it so far, early days in, but it's clicking and I am enjoying it. And I have forgotten how amazing that game looks. Like yeah. I'm playing it again and I'm just like, holy crap, I forgot how good this looks. Yeah, apparently and there's just... been like graphical updates and stuff since it came out. Um, so that like the performance yeah, we had stuff, plenty of time to patch it over. Even nicer. Yeah, it looks amazing. It's a lot of fun. I'm having so much fun with it. Totally recommended it. If, if you liked uh, Horizon and like Forbidden West, it's just more and it's great without yeah, the annoying characters. So I'm going to be taking a crack at it at some point. Yeah. So yeah. Good. other than that, like I haven't been gaming too much, uh, but other things that we keep busy, uh, I've been able to sneak out of my house and go to the movies a little bit um, for the purposes of this show relevant to gaming. I actually took my son to go see the Mario brothers movie. Fantastic. Uh, 
Adam, I know you said you haven't had a chance to see yet, but Chris, you have. Uh, yes. We both went with like younger people. I took my three-year-old and how old's your nephew? Uh, seven. Okay, cool, yeah. So like, quick, I'm not going to go into spoilers or anything like that. I loved it. Is it a perfect movie? No, it is clearly designed for children. Perfectly good kids movie. I'd say like six years old is probably that sweet spot. Maybe seven for this movie is the absolute sweet spot. It just clips and you're just like watching. You're like, man, we're moving really fast. And you're like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. I have questions. You're like, no, forget that. Let's just keep going. You want to go see Donkey like Kong and movie, have a car race? Fuck logic. <laughs> yeah, ex- does like it's just like we don't have time to stop and think. We're just going to the next thing. No, 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 no. Um, we're let's go in to the next thing. Let's go <laughs> to the next thing. But it was good. I thought it like considering it's Mario, like Mario has so much like like history to it, but also so little story. It's basically just you're fighting Bowser to save princess. That's pretty much it. And they cobbled together a really good story. I thought Chris Pratt would be, we had our concerns about Chris Pratt playing as Mario when it got announced. Was he the best in it? No, but I don't think he did a bad job. Like he, he did better than I anticipated, but by no means was he like, the best part i think toad really stole the show like bowser i kind of expected bowser to do amazing uh anya taylor joy was fine as peach but i thought toad was like the funniest character oh everybody was saying that that oh wait oh keegan mike or yeah key oh my god i'm gonna butcher his name because i keep getting michael key or michael key yeah keegan yeah not peel not peel (laughs) (laughs) key yeah uh yeah he like it was good Uh, so i really enjoyed it i thought like it really did a justice to the mario movie like it felt like a mario movie i was really happy with it i liked it my son loved it um there's really only one part that was like scary to him um this there's like a scene with like dry bones i'm sure you probably know what i'm talking about chris it's a little spooky for him but he absolutely loved it i loved it my wife jen she was a little bit more like it's fine but she didn't she doesn't have like the history with mario like i do so she was kind of like i don't really care she can't jenny bezos in a mario game so it's not that good a game right right so she grew up as a crash kid so she's like if they made a crash bandicoot movie i'm like get out of here they're not making a crash bandicoot movie yeah i'm sure they'll make a tv series at some point maybe uh chris what about you what did you think of the movie i thought it was near perfection like for what it was like exactly I wasn't going in thinking, oh, this is when we finally get to the backstory of blank or <laughs> this is when we'll finally see that. Like, no, I think that Mario's going to get sucked into the Mushroom Kingdom world and he's going to have to work with Peach or save Peach against Bowser and Luigi will be there. Like it played out way better than I thought it would, because I found there was so many little Easter eggs in the movie. So many. Like I was sitting there and there's like one scene and it's not a spoiler or anything, but they're going through the pipes. And at one point it's like level like 1.2 or something like that. I'm like, what a deep cut. Like, yeah, Jen had no clue that was an Easter egg to there, but I was like, that totally makes sense. Yeah. There, there was like a billboard that had the balloon fight guy on it. Um, I mean, obviously, there's an NES in Mario's bedroom. Mario uh, plays NES. Like, <laughs> how meta is this? He's a plumber yeah. that doesn't actually do plumbing. He can't afford anything. <laughs> but he's in the NES as well. So there's a world. There's a hypothetical world where 
Mario is playing Super Mario Bros on his NES. And at no point he's like, what the hell's going on here? Like, there's no some like Truman show thing going on. He's just like, yeah, I'm playing NES. And you know, if he has an NES, he has the Mario Bros game. He's at no point like, what is this? Look, you know yeah. that they're just getting set for the Mario verse down the road, right? They just got to be able to have like, so that way when they can change actors and, you know, Chris Pratt can no longer handle the role of Mario anymore. They have somebody else that can pop out of the game and we're good. <laughs> Yeah, the, the 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 Easter eggs just kept going. The the main like the plumbing company other guy that they used to work with, Spike. Yeah, yeah. he's actually the main character from Wrecking Crew, another NES game that mm-hmm. starred Mario and Luigi, and they worked for Spike. Like, yeah, like the in the old Game and Watch games. Yeah, like just crazy the amount of like little details. Uh, Charles Martinet shows up like right near the beginning, the actual voice of Mario, Ooh. dressed as like. I think a very old version of Mario. I'm not sure yeah. what he was, but like, there's just he so was, many. He was a token character, Chris. That's what he was. He was, yes, <laughs> he was. Um, but I loved it. Like the the characters, they had the voices. Like Chris Pratt definitely was the most like forgettable of all no, the voices to me. The most forgettable one was Cranky Kong. He was the worst. Oh, sorry. I guess Cranky. Yes, sorry. I didn't even think of that. Um, I would agree with you. Yes, for sure. Um, but like, yeah, Chris Pratt was like fine. There was it wasn't bad like I thought it was, but it wasn't like amazing and it blew me away. But I would hear like Charlie Day as Luigi, and I was like, "This is perfect." This I can't think so of well. anyone else but Charlie Day as Luigi now. Yeah, um, he's uh, got that whininess, but like almost. poor guy. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, I don't know if he could do it now. He might be too old. No, he's not because Charlie Day is probably the same age. I don't actually know. <laughs> um, yeah, like him. Obviously, Jack Black to me is who stole the show as Bowser. Like he just figured like he can do voices already i mm. guess and and like he stole the show there <laughs> and then um, seth rogan on the opposite end has been in interviews being like i don't do character actors i just come in and do my voice and he pretty much sounds like donkey kong it's so funny because uh he has been so many animated characters in movies yeah. he was like a blue ooze in some dreamworks movie i don't know what they were like monsters or something he was pumba in the lion king remake he is now Donkey Kong. Um, I don't even know what else he's been, but he's been like so many freaking things. Wasn't he like a hot dog or something like that in Sausage oh, Party? Oh, Sausage Party, yeah. And he's all these characters, but he's not. He's himself, but inside <laughs> of something. It's me, and, Seth Rogen. <laughs> they did like another like animated Ninja Turtle movie. Couldn't he be like Bebop or Rocksteady then? He could. I could see him being Bebop. Yeah, I... I mean, it's just big Pumbaa, right? And he's already been Pumbaa, so. <laughs> just keep giving the guy work. Yeah. But yeah, I I, I loved the movie. Don't go in Damn thinking it, you're going to... You screwed me over now. Now I can't... Like, because there's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, and I just want Seth Rogen to be Bebop. <laughs> I'm looking <laughs> at a picture of it right now, and I'm like, that is you're Seth welcome. Rogen. Uh, yeah, great movie. Has anybody so, else had the chance though to check out the uh, the Dungeons and Dragons movie? Since I know both of you were into that shit. Yeah. Wait. I have seen it. Chris, you played Dungeons and Dragons. I I haven't in a while, but I did used to a lot. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, I got to see it uh, recently, which is good. Um, actually, this is the reason why the episode's late because I had a chance to go see it yesterday. Don't hate me. I'm a dad. It's hard for me to get to go see movies, and I took the opportunity when I could. Yeah, and as somebody um, who, yeah, honestly, is, I've never really had much of an interest in the world. I went because a bunch of my friends were going to go see it. I'm like, yeah, it looks like a fun romp. Let's go do it. I did not expect to laugh the amount of times that I did in that so movie. Good. My God. I yeah. still can't. From now on, if I ever read the name, I cannot 
help myself and go, Jonathan! <laughs> Jonathan! <laughs> yeah, I thought the humor was hilarious. Like, at one point, they're, like, talking through, and they're like, all right, this is Plan C. And they're like, that sounds a lot like Plan A. He's like, yeah, but Plan A has a stink to it now. <laughs> and it just starts, like, going back and forth between the two plans. It just keeps reading. I thought that was, it's so I was good. so worried, though, when I saw the trailer, because I'm like, this looks like the kind of trailer where all the jokes have been given, and that's it. And it turns out that, no, that was about 10% of the jokes. Like, there was a <laughs> lot of shit in there. Yeah, I I thought it was really good. Like it did not take itself seriously, which is a pitfall they had to overcome really easily. Um, the only thing I kind of wish is like I kind of wish they had one moment, even if like I was talking with Jen because we went to go see it with our D&D friends. And I said, I wish there was like a one moment in the movie or something like that, or even like a post credit scene where and like they, there's no moment that they have to address it because it didn't have a plot hole or anything. But like if they had a moment where it's like there's a plot hole or like they're like, Hey, can we do this? And like, no, but we did it before. And it just cuts to like a bunch of people sitting around a table and be like, wait, why is this happening? Like, shut up. That doesn't matter. I'm the DM. And it's just like, okay. And it goes right back into it. Like just that one moment where it just comes out like, yeah, we're playing D and D and go right back into it. Like, yeah, yeah, wait, where cool. did these guys come from? Like uh, we were, there was no one here. And he's like, shut up. Just roll in. I'm the DM. Just roll initiative and like go right into a fight scene or something like that. The, the I just kind of wish they had is... one limonade. I hope that what it does now is that it gives more movies to realize, like, you can use a license and not ha necessarily have to tell, like, this enthralling story and try to relate everything back. You can take a license and then just make a fun movie, and it's fine. And I hope that a lot of people take notice. I don't know how well it's going to do in the box office. I have a feeling it's going to do fine, but probably not very well. But, like, these are the kind of movies that I go, look... I would rather you do this and we just laugh and talk about it the day of and then forget about it than hate it and talk about it for years to come because it feels like we only have one or the other. You either loved it and it was legendary and it's few and far between or it's bad and we just laugh about them all the time. Whereas this one, I feel is a movie that I won't remember a month from now, but I fucking adored the two hours and however long that I spent watching it. It was a fantastic time. Absolutely. So I, I'm looking as of April 3rd, uh, they had a $72 million box office like um, opening weekend against a $150 million budget. So like, yeah, it's, it's probably going to be a cult well. classic at this point. It's going to be doing okay. Well, if it's, uh, if it's it'll, first week, it's only doing it 17, the budget is 150. That's a little bit worrying to me, but. Okay, yeah, I think, yeah, it might be that it's not going to be a huge gangbuster, but I thought it did really well for what it is. Like, I thought it did really well. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I hope going forward. A lot more licensed tied movies kind of do where they they try less to be like, okay, we're going to do the Hollywood version of, you know, the story. It's like, no, fans are, we don't ask for much. Just make a smile. Like, it's not hard. Oh update so uh right now it's said according to wikipedia uh has grossed 178 million worldwide okay so well then, it, then it at least they're even. making they're making something off it they're making would, some money that would be my only concern is that if it didn't make enough they're gonna look at that kind of movie and be like oh see if we just try to do a fun stupid movie like no one will watch it it's like well no it's yeah, never mind hollywood is difficult to, to understand yeah so they've made yeah. about 30 million which is probably not a huge success in hollywood but not a failure yeah yeah and there's also like the after marketing. like sh streaming and all that other stuff that could come after to get them even more money vhs Maybe, releases yeah yeah the vhs sales for sure yeah. <laughs> um yeah that the movie was so good and there was like it's something that they can also just keep going with because 
you know, it's just a different campaign, right? They can just make a new story. And it's not unreasonable that adventures end up in just another random adventure. So they could just and it doesn't even have to be the same people anymore either. No, it can be completely different. Um, there was one really deep cut Easter egg that I read about, and I doubt either of you saw it. Did anybody ever watch the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon in the eighties? No, it was. You're the old man here. We didn't watch that. I saw it like once because I did not know what the fuck it was about when I was a kid. Like. I didn't play D&D in the 80s, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I was like three. But I remember seeing the intro. And the intro was a, some kids. This is the stupidest idea of all time. Some kids go to a local amusement park, go on a roller coaster. But when they go into the tunnel, something happens and they come out the other end in the world of Dungeons and Dragons. So okay, this is starting to sound familiar. It's, I don't know why it happened like that, but it did. They get there and some wizard guy or something gives them all like a role. Like, I will turn you into the rogue. I'll turn you into the the magic user. I will turn you into the paladin. Like, goes through. And those kids always look kind of goofy. In the Dungeons & Dragons movie, like, I'll, I'll say this in a non-spoiler way, but they end, like, there's a scene where they're in an arena and there's a bunch of other groups there. They look to the left and they see a group and it is the kids from that cartoon. They actually oh dressed up people exactly like them just for like a two second scene for this movie. Like apparently this movie has so many very small, like little Easter eggs that like common fans will understand. And then like deep Dungeons and Dragons fans that have been fans since like the late seventies are the only ones that would understand. Like See, apparently they cool to me though, even though most of us there. won't appreciate it. Like that's still really cool that they do that. I'm yeah. watching the cartoon intro right now. This is so stupid. There's a Dungeons and Dragons roller coaster ride. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's an 80s cartoon. They were all stupid. They were. They really were. Everyone's but doing I... coke, and it's just no one knows what's going on. <laughs> 80s were weird. But the the part that the the that they actually dressed up people in these ridiculous costumes that match the kids from that show, and it's like, wait, so those kids are alive, and now they've been thrown into this situation. What the hell's going on? Like, it's just, it's awesome. I love that. Loved it also, so much. I Hugh hope they do Grant, a trilogy. I haven't seen Hugh Grant in a long time in a movie. That was so good to see. Yeah. yeah. It's so, it's yeah. such a random placement, which is why it worked. And he you know, he has no like, idea what's going on. He's just there for the paycheck. It's still such a great line, oh, yeah. too. It's like, you know, I can't bear to watch as you die, and that's why I'm going to leave the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a yeah. good flick. I definitely. It's nice. Like for D and D fans, it's I think a, a must watch. And then and even if you're not a D and D fan, it's a fun. Movie. Say, even if you're not, it's yeah. it's fun in of itself. Like you won't get some of the cuts, and you'll be like, "What's going on?" But just roll with it. You're having a great time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we are I... like forty minutes into this episode. We haven't even gotten to what we were going to talk about this week, which I love. Look, we this started early for a reason. This is the best kind of podcast. We're just randomly unhinged off the hit. Wait, the there rails. are other kinds of podcasts. I don't know. I've heard scripted. We're the only yeah. we're the only pos- we're the only podcast you need to be listening to. So don't worry about other kinds of podcasts. We're the only but, real podcast. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Adam, I wanted to kind of jump in this week because we do actually have a pretty beefy uh, topic. I, you brought something really cool to the table. Um, basically, like, well, I'm, I'm going to let you talk about it more, but uh, just trends and patterns and generations of gaming. So, I you brought a really cool topic, and I want to let you roll with it. Yeah, so fandom, uh, for the, I actually had, had no idea who fandom was until I, my brain clicked in and went, wait, 
oh, this is the site that most of the like like community wikis are posted from. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. That's how they got all this information from. And Fan Expo. Yeah, that I didn't know either. So, you know, that's that's that, that was my uh, the more you know today. That was my thing. Uh, but they did this big study. Now, I don't know like how like what they actually pulled from if it was just all the data from like the user base they have from, but they they pulled numbers on something, but just the results in terms of trends with what gamers are doing in terms of like different age groups and what they like to do. I just thought this was a really cool and extensive like just plethora of information and it was just something that I'm like shit we should really dive into this and originally it was just going to be me and chris so uh, yesterday and then Kalen was like well actually i'm free the rest of this week and then i'm like well geez we're just gonna be just rambling on this anyway so hell why don't you come join the shit show it's gonna be this massive pile of data oh don't oversell this don't oversell it with the whole yeah you're, you're overselling the quality of our work here oh yeah right the, the one thing about this that i'll that i'll say beforehand is like this was a topic that i saw and when we need to do this because i'm so happy to see studies and video games and not having to do with violence or like anything else. Like there's no political agenda sure. attached to this. It's just, here's raw data of what gamers are doing. That's it. It's not like, it's not like, cause is this related to shootings? Is, is this show like, or the other, the opposite end of the study being like, see other people played. It's not just dudes. I'm like, yeah, we know what's 2022, 2023 we see that, you know, it's not just, you know, 18-year-old guys in their basement anymore. We kind of figured that out. No, that's totally a misconception. It's not just all guys playing video games. It's not all dudes playing games. It's dudes and dudes who pretend they're girls online. That's the people who are playing video games. Right, like, right, that's right. Pretty I much the whole thing. Yeah. Gamer yeah. girls, as they call it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, this was a really cool, extensive study. And, and I thought we'd go through a bunch of stuff. We'll basically just kind of go point for point for a lot of things. But, like... To summarize a lot of them, like here's some of the key findings that Fandom put out. So over the past five years, engagement with gaming has increased across every demographic, platform, and genre. 45% of all gamers are spending more time gaming than ever before. I think it's an easy one to say, well, the three of these five years were in the pandemic, so it's kind of easy to say the game time probably increased. But I think it's still, even without the pandemic, it's not exactly a shock because you would think as things become more and more popular, more and more people are going to be playing them for longer. It's not really that surprising, especially when we're living in an age where less and less people are going outside. So that's not surprising either. Well, I think it's also, from that perspective, it's also accessibility. Like the the breadth of games that we're getting are more varied in the sense of like, think of things like you've got, one, it's just permitting that gaming is becoming more popular but also the type of games like you have something like Animal Crossing, right, which is not a, you know, people think of games and it's skill based. You know, you die, you have to try again. You're shooting, you're killing, you're violent, whatever. Then you got Animal Crossing, like you just chilling out, growing some gardens, digging up bones, giving it to museum, paying off your taxes, whatever. I don't really know what you do in Animal Crossing, but like, you know, that's, that's spot a game. <laughs> I, Jen played it quite a bit, so I, I kind of know what's going on there, but like there's those kind of games or even you think of like mobile gaming, like some people started as mobile gamers and now they're picking up a controller play for the first time. Like they're permitting more that it's getting more and more common in the household. And like the stigma around it of being like a kid's thing is something that I think is deviating. And I, I'd be surprised if you see that probably of that group, like those newer people who are spending more time, it is probably the non-traditional demographics that you would think of. It's probably like older people who've never played video games in their life, or it's probably like, and girls who maybe haven't had a chance to play video games or, or it's not something that they were exposed to or like, you know, the old tradition idea, like we were joking at the beginning that it's like it's all dudes playing video games. Like, I think you're getting more diversity in the hobby 
and that's going to bring new people who haven't picked up a controller before. Well, and I think and that it is really a shows too because you know it's not a kids thing anymore because in the study they showed that the number one group that ranked gaming as their number one interest was millennials at fifty two percent. We did so it, guys. it's no we longer a you know kids <laughs> maybe kids. up to high school thing like we're like right and i love how they say that we're a key and untapped audience i'm like no we're tapped pretty fucking hard we Just, are i guess not as audience. much as they could be <laughs> stuck it kids go back to the sandbox dad's daddy's in town we're here but yeah daddy's. like it's it's not surprising too because like for us especially now too because a lot more because now that we're in the age that most of us would be becoming parents, it's not nearly as common anymore for, for every person to start having kids as they become an adult. So now there's a lot more people who are the age that traditionally you start having children who aren't, so they still have a lot of free time left over. So that means Nothing more but time, time and for money. people in that age range. Nothing but time and money on their hands, and they got to spend it on video games. Goddamn right I do. What do you think I got three consoles for? I hate you so much. <laughs> I'm over here just raising next generation. Having to watch Coco Melon and Paw Patrol. You're over there playing video games. And I Super Mario, my, you're doing I love, something, right? I love my kid. <laughs> <laughs> I love my kid. I love my kid. Yeah, even to go further on that, um, I despite, got some energy going Gen, today. Oh, despite uh, teens and Gen Z spending more time gaming than they did last year, older generations are spending more hours per week, which I still think checks out. And to relay back to the parents thing, uh, one of their key findings, which I thought was really cool, is more parents and guardians are seeking benefits of gaming with their kids than ever before. Uh, co-gaming parents are 83% more likely to agree that gaming fosters leadership skills. Fuck, I wish my parents understood that shit when I was a child. 77% uh, more likely to agree it teaches important life skills. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Adam, I got bad news for you. That's all bullshit. That's not what it is. What are it you is telling me that after all this time playing coffee talk, I can't make a hibiscus milk tea? Adam, it's bullshit. Here's what it is. Mom and dad want to play video games, but they have little Billy in the room. And they're like, I want to play video games, but I can't because Billy's in the room. Well, if I play with Billy now, I don't have to watch Coco Melon. So I'm going to play video games with Billy, but I don't want to feel like a bad parent. So I'm going to tell myself that we're building leadership skills and interpersonal skills with Billy. When really all I want to do is I just want some squatting up in Quad of Duty while I'm playing, you know, Warzone. That's how I'm justifying it. Is my wife like, hey, why are you playing video games all day, Kalen? Why aren't you going outside? I'm like, I'm playing with little Jimmy over here. Jimmy's playing, so I'm now parenting. I'm not being irresponsible. I'm being a good parent. <laughs> well, I mean, on the flip side, though, they do mention that only 38% of them agree that it actually establishes teamwork and collaboration. So you know what? I might actually still agree with the data because I think we can all agree you're way more likely to learn leadership skills and life skills than establishing teamwork and collaboration because we all know how fucking online multiplayer goes. Yeah, that's not happening. No one's what going for the you? flag. Curse no one's going for... That's what it fucking teaches you. No one's going for checkpoint A. They're all just going for the KD ratio and teabagging each other. Yeah, you, know, you don't learn how to work as a team. You just learn how to piss people off harder. That's what you learn in online gaming. Even a kid, like you're in Mario Kart. It's just like, I need that blue shell. I need to ruin my friend. I just need to ruin them. That's it. Yeah. There's, no, yeah. there's no teamwork. No, but in all honesty, I think like this comes from like the idea that, you know, parents are now like gamers are now parents. And so like, I'm not coming with the stigma of yeah, we're kind of like, we're, we're literally grandfathering it in. Yeah. So like I am playing video games with with James, like uh, we play Mario together, which I'll is play, the like, top Star game Wars. that parents play. Fifty percent of parents you know say they played Mario. Nintendo, 
Nintendo has this down to a science. It is so good how they do it because I can set up James with like a little like controller over there. He's sitting in the corner with a controller that doesn't have batteries in it. He doesn't care. And like I can play, or even if he has a batteries in the controller, like he plays and it doesn't interrupt my game. Like I can carry carry both of our asses through Mario, but he's still involved and he's still playing, right? So he's still getting that interaction. But like it's not, I don't feel like I'm being for lack of a better way to describe it, like I'm not being held back. Like I'm not having to sit there, move a little bit ahead with my controller. Okay. Now pass me your controller. Cause I have to carry you. Like he can, like we're playing the, the Nintendo game. I think it's like super Mario world that I, whatever I bought and like he'll die and he'll float as a bubble. And now my goal is just get to the finish line while he's a bubble. And he's like, we're playing together. I'm having a great time. Like, yeah, it's really yeah. smart. Like Nintendo for all the gripes I have, about Nintendo, like they probably are the best company right now in terms of like, if if you're a parent and you are trying to get your kids into the game, like Nintendo's they the definitely way to got go. the family like, audience oh, yeah. down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, and they do it well. Like it's not it's not shoehorned, it's not ham fisted. Like it's smart how they do it. Yeah, even in Mario Kart, um, because I used to play with my nephew during the pandemic, he would be over a bit sometimes, and uh, Mario Kart was obviously very safe. He what sucked? He was horrible. Um, he would just drive off the edge. And I found out that there's all these like accessibility options for kids. One, there's two different ones. One, it forces you to stay on the road, no matter what, on the track. Mm-hmm. Two, you can set it to auto accelerate and just go. He yeah. literally put his controller down and walked away for five minutes and came back and he came in third place. Like it just goes for you, but they love it and they feel like they're still a part of it and they're doing it. Right. So yeah, they're, they're great at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have that set up with James so he can play Mario Kart. And I'm, on the one hand, it's great because he's getting a feel for video games and all that. But at the same time, it's teaching him that, like, hey, you don't have to work hard. The system, the jet, like the AI will just win for you and you're still coming in third place. And you walked away for five minutes. The AI, uh, you know, teachings. That's there. There's another thing in the survey there that we learned from gaming. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> uh, the last part of the key findings before we start going a little bit deeper in here. Um, this one I thought was really interesting. 80 percent of gamers of all ages are interested in playing games, regardless of whether they are already fans of a franchise which creates significant opportunities for content creators as they look to mine alternate IP for new gaming franchises. I'm a little disappointed that that means that roughly 20% of gamers are basically going off of brand recognition, but given how people are when it comes to how they pick music or pick brands in terms of what they eat, what they drink, what they watch, what they listen to, I'm not exactly surprised by that either. Oh, well, yeah. I'm I'm curious what, they're, what they mean by like brand recognition. So like, are they talking like, if it's a Sony game or like if it's a first party game or are we talking like IP recognition? Well, when, because, when like, I guess they say they're interested in playing games, regardless of whether they're already a fan of a franchise, it means they're willing to go into something without any knowledge into it. So there's not like a predisposition to it. Whereas I guess it's saying that 20% of people will generally pick like the few things they're comfortable with at this point. But you know what? Those kind of people, like, I think that's a pretty. I don't. I don't feel disappointed by that twenty percent margin because that's. Those are probably the people who aren't here to play, aren't into gaming as a gaming hobby, but rather have one or two games. These are probably your people who play Call of Duty, who play FIFA, who you know they don't have a, a huge library of games. It's there are those people who have a console and they have three games sitting on their shelf. You're and right. That's you know what? All I'm that's sure, half of that twenty percent is literally just EA Sports gamers. It's got to be. Oh, 100%. 100%. I'm not, and I'm not like I'm not disparaging, but it's like they're not into gaming as a hobby. They are into that game as a hobby, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's Call of Duty, whether it's FIFA, whether it's Rocket League, or whatever. Like they're in, they're doing that for lack of a better way to describe it, like that esports kind of thing where they they do one game and they master it. 
Candy Crush. That's what they're all playing. Exactly. You got it. <laughs> well, you don't uh, like anyways, candy. we dive a little bit deeper. So the first section that they start talking about is brand and advertiser impact. So uh, 86% are, of uh, gamers said they were influenced to purchase a brand or product that invests in the gaming space. That kind of makes sense. You're willing to give people at least a look, a look if they actually, you know, do the things that you're actually interested in. Who knew? Oh, wow. You, you actually advertise within something that I actually enjoy. Hmm. I wonder what you're all about rather than being like, oh, you're on a park bench. What are you all about? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That definitely checks out. And then when it's training with to, the, like, the um, people monster being... energy drink. Oh yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm like the one person who doesn't drink energy drinks. So I must be like the one outlier in terms of all gamers that don't do it. Look at, look at, look at Adam over here with his clean limit, probably drinking water all day. Look, I've made it through two Ooh. spouts of college and a breakup without drinking alcohol or coffee. I'm not starting now. Then why his do you vice... play coffee talk so much? It's all about <laughs> coffee. Cause it's funny. <laughs> What I'm not talking about is black heart, black tar heroin addiction. <laughs> I call that anime. Thank you very much. I call that anime. Uh, going further on that brand advertising stuff, uh, 49% of people are heavily influenced to purchase a brand or product that invests in the gaming space. Millennials are 24% more likely to be heavily influenced. Well, we kind of do have a little bit more disposable income generally too, so I think there might be a predisposition there. Oh, yeah. yeah, it kind of makes sense. The amount of like stuff I bought because it has like PlayStation logo on it is kind of high. Like you guys have seen my clothing on this show. It's pretty much always like video game related. Yeah, yeah. I'm a walking billboard. The amount of Razer clothing I own. It's not even like a game. It's a PC component <laughs> company. Well, not components, accessories. I don't know. Expensive. And yet I still have it. Well, you mentioned Monster earlier, so 75% of gamers eat or drink while gaming, which tells me that 25% of you should probably drink some water once in a while, so get on, so hydrate, please. Yeah, uh, this is a stupid, this was a stupid stat, like, 80% of people eat while playing, eat or drink while playing video, okay, cool, carbon-based life forms <laughs> require sustenance <laughs> during the day, okay, Let's get that to the boys in the lab. See what they it can was do such a weird stat. I'm like, what's the 25% of people doing? <laughs> <laughs> starving. Actually starving. Guys, yeah. when you play, don't you... starve. It's kind of meant to be taken literally too. Jesus. <laughs> like, because I don't get it. Like, like, do you not have like, because they said don't eat or drink. Like, do they not even have a glass of water beside them while they're playing? Like, what yeah, I know. The th there's, I need a little bit more context to that one. Yeah. Like, it's it's called coffee talk, but also coffee drink, everybody. Come on. Right? That was good. Uh, like with the monster stuff, obviously, uh, the biggest percentage of people that are more inclined to purchase something based on being invested in the gaming space is energy drinks. They are 71% more likely to be inclined to purchase them if they're like advertised heavily in the gaming space. Beyond that was snacks at 58%, soft drinks at 42 and heat and serve meals at 39 Hot pockets. What the fuck? Get out, you're, you're missing I, out a lot of extra money here. What are you doing? I am so embarrassed that this is like this stereotype is totally true. The Cheetos laced guy with pizza pockets beside him. Look, the old Mountain picture Dew of Jeff Keighley with Doritos and Mountain Dew. It's it's a lifelong picture. It's never going away. Yeah. Like now, because I'm curious, like because if they mentioned like water there, because like 
you obviously don't buy water, but like. Well, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, I don't know if they ever provided a link to like their massive, extensive list of data. Like, we're getting is mostly like the oh, 100%. the image form, so it's a lot more condensed. But yeah, I'd be very curious to be like, what were they actually checking for? Were they just, it was just a flat out like, do you eat or drink when you play? To which I'm still going like, why did 25% of people say no? Yeah, like water. Like you would have, like, do they count it if they get up to go get the glass of water, drink it and come back? It's like, no, 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 no. I drank it in the other room. I didn't drink it while playing. Yeah, like Like, the, the context is a little bit weird in that one. I just, once again, the, the whole, like, hey, we're drinking Monster Energy drinks and eating Cheetos and Hot Pockets. It's just so stereotypical, and it's kind Well, of... until it stops, until it changes, it's going to be like that. It's not like we're sitting here eating our fancy caviar dinners over here. Uh, that's true. I'm not making a, I'm not making, like, a souffle while I'm making, while I'm playing video games. I'm making, like... Yeah, this isn't souffle talk. Ra- what does Gord Ramsey make all the time that... Oh, uh, Beef I, Wellington? What, beef, I'm not making a Beef uh, Wellington while I'm playing video games. Like, I'm looking for snack food, right? I'm not, I don't got time to make a beef Wellington while I'm playing Dead Space. Yeah, and if they want us to stop, they have to make Doritos less delicious, which I really don't want them to do. So, so what you're saying is we need a beef Wellington flavor of Doritos. All right, Doritos, get on it. Okay, I need it. While we're I talking about I'd Doritos, try. what's the best flavor of Doritos? Um, There's only one right answer. I mean, if I had to only pick one, I'd probably go original because yeah, I'm always nacho in the mood for it. I'm sorry. The answer we were looking for is sweet chili heat, but uh, that is, oh, see, I love that one, but there's the odd time. Maybe I don't feel like it. And I just want the original. I'm sorry. I don't even know if cool. nacho cheese is nacho cheese. The original one. Cause I also feel like cool ranch. I feel like those two were like I the think, same ones. I don't cool think ranch. I'm, if I remember correctly, I don't think nacho cheese actually was the original. I think it started out without even having anything on it. I think they were just corn chips at one point. They were just Ritos, no door. <laughs> The very but, first, uh, yeah. Oh my god, I was right. They were just plain flavored. Who's just buying plain flavored Doritos? I guess it's well, just no one. That's the why day, they had to like, change. There wasn't that much crazy stuff, right? So Nobody apparently, nacho cheese is considered the original flavor. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like nacho cheese is like bottom tier, like right beside barbecue. Barbecue Doritos what? is blah. I would say if I'm ranking them, I because th- I'm only going with the four flavors because I'm trying to remember like what flavors. There's the sweet chili heat. There's Blue, there's um ranch, nacho cheese, and the barbecue. And I would say nacho and barbecue are bottom two. Cool ranch and sweet chili heat are, are top two. I agree with the barbecue, but nacho goes right up there with sweet chili heat. Yeah, it's in, it's in the munchies like packs porridge. for reasons. They're good. Mm, yeah, I disagree. Anyways, sidetracked. Yeah. Uh, moving on. So the first big uh, bit of data that they started pulling was uh, how have um, behaviors in terms of our gaming time was changed. So over the course of the last year, the study was saying that 26% of gamers were playing less, 29% playing the same, and like we said earlier, the 45% that are now playing more. Again, I do think that there is a, a lot of different reasons for it. I mean, the pandemic increased a lot of people's gaming time. I think, too, with the way that the world kind of is these days, it's a little depressing to go outside, so staying in and playing games kind of makes a lot more sense. Obviously, gaming's more accessible, too, so you're going to be having more opportunities to play. So I think there's a lot more to it specifically in terms of who is doing the most in terms of more time um it was actually tweens were playing more but i think again that's also you know if their parents let them play a little bit more i guess they're going to get some more time out of it it's kind of hard for millennials to get a lot more time because it usually means that we're not working as much which is not good for us (laughs) that person has quit their job (laughs) yeah that's in this economy that's usually not a good thing (laughs) 
It's one of two things. You're either working more or you're a parent. Those are the two reasons why you're not I mean, I, de- I definitely games. fall in the same category. My gaming really hasn't changed in the entire last year. It's really hasn't moved much. Yeah. yeah, I'd say mine is probably the same, if not dropped slightly, but we all can account for what that is. Yeah, and then the on average, uh, how many hours per week do you spend gaming? Tweens were the lowest, averaging at 29% of of what they did per week, and then 40% was for millennials, so we were at the top. Again, still not surprising that we are the ones spending the most time overall. Oh, 100%. So, I got a question. I want to I talk on this one because we talked about it real quick. Like it, it came up, and I was curious. Why is it that you think that tweens and teens and millenn- like gen z aren't playing as many video games because like i remember when i was in my teenage and like 20s especially my 20s i was video gaming so much as like an irresponsible no responsibility like adult slash teenager like it's kind of surprising me that they aren't like why do you think honestly it is there's that a very simple answer to it what do you two think things is? social media and people are mm-hmm. watching people play games that too I, I don't disagree with you, but this also raises a question. Why am I watching people play video games instead of playing them myself? We are. And this is old, Com- this is old the, man. The, the Twitch audience is definitely younger than what our generation is. Like, millennials still like, do, I'm but curious. like... What's that? But I'm curious, about, I'm curious about that. I'm putting my old man hat, and I don't understand the kids today. Like, what's, with, what's wrong with the kids today? Why aren't they playing video games? Why are they just watching people play video games? I don't know why, but that's, that's the culture that's going on right now. A lot of them are sitting there watching Twitch streams. You know, especially when it comes to things like obviously with esports and things like that too there's a lot more of that culture going on but i mean in t- like you look at like some of the twitch channels out there where there's tens of thousands of people just watching them play a video game and for a lot of them like that's them seeing the game rather than actually playing it so yeah, yeah I, I just I think, it's it's something that's curious to me sorry go ahead chris yeah i just think it's a very it's it's like just this new way of how people socialize because before you would play games like when I was younger, and I would play. God, I'm making myself sound so old. When I was younger, I would play you have to a game. Start at this, home. You have to start. To, you have to start the sentence back in my day. Back in my day, I would play video games at home, but it wasn't online. There wasn't really multiplayer in the sense of uh, like the online version of it. So either I had some people at my house, or I'd go to my friend's house and sit on his couch and watch him play through a game, and it was kind of my way of socializing. And I think now. Kind of what fits in with what Adam's saying is a lot of people don't leave their house as much now uh, and stuff like that. I, I think it's kind of their way of socializing with video games, like a new version of couch co-op. You watch somebody <laughs> play a game and it's like you're sitting on their couch and you're talking to all the people in chat like you're all sitting at somebody's house watching them play a video game. Like I think it's a, a way of how people socialize now rather than video games. They're more just finding a group of people that have the same interest and they're hanging mm-hmm. out with them more so than that they're sitting down to to play a game they don't want to play a game they want to actually talk with people that's Fair that's enough. what my assumption is mm-hmm. but i don't mm-hmm. know i'm an old man so who knows it's just something that stood out to me like i'm like they have that their time the most now granted it's a it's a like correlation curve of like free time to disposable income um and also and keep just, in mind too, like we are talking about tweens. We are talking about kids that are still going to school. We're talking about kids who their parents are still regularly involved in what they're doing. So, yeah, playing sports, having hobbies. Yeah, yeah. like get put, throwing them into things. Because again, like, you know, I, I know because my parents did this a lot. They just throw you as a kid like into a bunch of different things to see what you like. Like swimming lessons, scouts. Uh, yeah. Like you pick up a musical instrument. They put you in some sort of like club act. Like they do something to keep you busy. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, obviously they just want you out of the house. Exactly. I was. Gonna, that's what I was gonna say. 
They put you in a, they put you in a scouts hoping you get lost in the woods. I'd buy them a weekend. Well, <laughs> you love your son. You love your son. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want him to come back, but you know, I could lose a weekend. Yeah, I imagine they made the drive back, being like, "Damn it, he lived through this one too." <laughs> he lived through this one. No, 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 no. Trust us. You've got to put the honey out in the berry country. That's how the mosquitoes can't stay off of you. It's like we keep sending them out with really bright colors. Why do they keep fun? Ugh. Why do the animals not see them? <laughs> we'll try the opposite. We'll put them in only dark colors. Damn it, he got lost and they still found him. Put him in camo. You know camo fatigues, yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, the next the topic that they came up with was uh, in terms of the platform usage by demographics. So PC was the highest rank. Uh, millennials were 25% more likely to rank them as the primary platform. Um, Nerds. Our uh, tweens were the least likely to use them as a platform. That makes perfect sense. Tweens can't exactly afford gaming PCs. Can't afford it. No. Actually, so it's interesting. I like I, I saw this random study at one point, and it was talking about like you'd think that like as like tweens and Gen Z and stuff grew up with like computers accessible, that they'd be so much smarter at computers. But apparently, they were talking about this idea that because like we now have interfaces where it's like apps and stuff, they don't know computer manageability yeah, and functionality. Based on the back end so like they don't know like how to go in and like update drivers and do all that kind of stuff like they're used to just like you download the app the app's there and it works so they don't understand the i'm gonna say for lack of a better term because i don't know this stuff either but like the theoretical side of like that which i can see them being a turnoff for pc because that's why i hate pc gaming because i don't want to be like updating drivers and figuring out like which driver works for this graphics card so i can update my gpu and go with my liquid cooling yeah, especially if you're doing things like putting mods into the game so i feel like having to know where to find certain file folders especially when you get into things like app data where it's a little more complicated to get a hold of yeah so i can see like well yeah millennials were far beyond the uh, the top one for that the average was somewhere around 70 percent, but or um tweens were way down compared to everybody else they were almost at 50 percent. they were pretty low uh, as compared Switch to mobile Compared to mobile, which was tweens far and beyond at the top, they were around 60%. We were the lowest at around 45, 40 by the looks of it. We know better. Yeah. And they better. and tweens were, were, were 2.4 times more likely to rank mobile as their primary platform, which again makes perfect sense to me. Also, this also raises the question of does it count when like some like sick kid runny nose rubbing their hand on it and be like, you got any games on your phone? And it's like, no, go away. <laughs> Chris, you know what I'm talking about. Oh God! Yeah, it happens all the time. <laughs> uh, after that, consoles—that one was pretty right across the board for everybody. Just uh, mostly hovering around sixty percent. Uh, Gen Z was the winner. They were the only ones at around seventy, but pretty much like that was the most like consistent one out of all of them. Uh, board games and tabletop. Millennials, not surprising, at the top they were at about thirty percent. Uh, Gen Z was slightly below tweens, and they were at like about like most of them around like twenty five thirty percent. And then at the bottom was VR, which surprisingly millennials are actually at the bottom of. They're at maybe, if I'm estimating, like 15, 20%. The top one was teens, and that was just shy of 25%. But VR is, you know, still in its early stages, so it's not surprising that the younger demographics would probably swing to that. But I'm also surprised with the price tag that you would think that it would be something more millennials going after anyway just because they could afford to, but I guess not. No, it's yeah, a bunch of... that's That's a bunch of, like... 12 year olds getting confused like getting excited about vr and going to those like vr places at the mall for their birthday party to go ride the fake roller coaster <laughs> that could be that actually it's a bunch of them with that 
was it like Google Box or something? It was just like VR glasses made from. Or they've got the, box. the, 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 the <laughs> like uh, cardboard VR that Nintendo did or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah, they did it too. Yeah. We're one of those places in the mall. They're called like VX Experience or like. There's the there's zone. a place where I'm at that I haven't tried out yet. That's that's one of those kinds of places I've never been there. I think I still have a gift card for it that I got like before the pandemic. I'm pretty sure I don't even know if it works anymore. You're gonna go and get pink eye there because some kid's gonna put it on with their pink eye and then you've got pink eye now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, going back to that stat that we had earlier about the 80% uh, pl- that are willing to play games regardless of they were a fan of the franchise of. So to expand upon that, Millennials and Gen Z were the top two in that regard at 85 and 83%. And then teen- or tweens were at the lowest of 75% said that they would play a game regardless of the franchise if they're a fan of or not. The opposite side for that 20% that only play games in a franchise that I'm already a fan of a Gen Z and a Millennials again at the bottom half of that at 15 and 17 percent, and then tweens and teens were the top two at 25 and 19 percent, which to me makes sense anyway because tweens don't exactly have a lot of franchises to pick from at that time because they're still relatively new. If it's not Fortnite, they ain't playing it. Because like That's us it. Millennials, we've got like a hundred franchises that we played over the years. We only like nine of them now because the other 80 or the other 91 of them have been ruined over the last like 25 years. Or they've been forgotten about square. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All the millennials are just waiting for that splinter cell remake. Oh God. I forgot that that was the thing that I'm looking forward to. And they brought it back and now I'm sad again. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm I'm not though. This is the year it's coming June. (laughs) Come on, Ubisoft. It's coming, it's coming out in June. No, no, they're doing that whole Ubisoft thing in June. Oh, that's when they're going to announce it. I thought you meant it was coming out in June. No, like, God, oh, no. Oh, don't. That's going to be oh, worse. I can't wait for it to not be here, there just to see the Kalen's cr- face. Oh, my God. No, no. Here's here's a question, Chris. What do we get first? Splinter Cell Remake or Skull and Bones? Uh, oh, Beyond Good actually... and Evil 3. <laughs> or 2, sorry. <laughs> no, no, 3. Yeah, they're skipping right 2 the at this time. point. It's a lost cause. <laughs> No, it's actually going to be a Splinter Cell and uh, Skull and Bones crossover. I'm so tired of Splinter Cell just being a DLC thing. Pre-order just going to be called Splinter Cell Splinter and, Bowl and Bones. Splinter Bones. That's what it's going to be. He goes back in time like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the movie. And uh, Look, the I'll play a game there. about Sam Fisher in medieval times. That sounds like a fucking riot. That sounds like Evil Dead. What are you talking about? That's Army of Darkness. Oh, but it's also going to have broken controls. Just purely oh, broken. <laughs> I hate you guys so much right now. <laughs> You're ruining this for me. Okay, fine. The pirate captain comes back to now our time, and Sam Fisher has to go get the pirate captain. Yeah, That's you have you better. have to sneak into a building, but all you have is a flintlock pistol and a blunderbuss. This is not better. The first at all. bus is his parrot. Stop it! You're ruining it. Splitter <laughs> <laughs> oh. cell chaos theory. Arr. <laughs> oh that is oh i'm not gonna breathe right for a while if you're listening to this on audio you you can't hear kayla's disdain but you can feel it i can feel it (laughs) oh oh i think i'm continuing on with the show i don't want to talk about this why i'm having fun all right fine no. move on uh next is things in terms of what's influencing people to make purchases the top five we're showing as from the bottom up i don't even know what what does recos mean recommendations yeah probably recommendations i think that's just like recommendations. oh yeah that makes sense why would you just not put recommendations you have room in the text box guys they're paying per the letter chris or or adam (laughs) 
They're God paying damn. for the letter. It's like okay, when fine. people well, go I'm to make a reservation. The Recos are number five, price is number four, design and visuals number three, storyline and plot number two, and then game quality number one. Shocker. Game quality? Good. What? Yeah, I can see that. That's what. But uh, in terms I'm of. I'm surprised price. Because, like. Because, like, I mean, video games are pretty much standard price. I, like, it's probably going like, to get lower now once Game Pass really takes over. <laughs> Maybe it's like waiting for it on sale. Maybe it's like in like an indie game that's twenty dollars versus a new AAA game that's like eighty. Mm -hmm. Could be that. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. Uh, then they also did four different fields that they actually did bar graphs on. So they did streamers and influencers. Uh, teens were the most likely. Millennials were the least likely. So oh. uh, I don't know what we're doing here, trying to get our own audience to buy shit because it's not working. Uh, hype and buzz tweens were far beyond the highest millennials again at the bottom i mean makes sense they're the ones that are big into social media they're going to be heavy invested in hype culture that's not really surprising storyline and, and plot uh gen z was at the top we were right next to them and then that again makes sense and then character development we were well and beyond at the top well considering the kind of games that we play these days well i don't play last of us so i guess i don't count in this but Wait, what? What was the last character development? Is is like what important to like what 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 is is influencing you to actually go and play a game if you know it's a game that's gonna have like strong character development? Oh, okay. So I was like, I thought they meant like my character development. I'm like, no, no. So I, it's, I, it, it's definitely leaning in like the sense of like this is a game that's gonna like. I guess it probably means like this story. is gonna hit the feels kind of deal. I guess. Well, it's just like it's got strong characters. It's not just like a hey, he's a plumber and he steps on turtles to go save the princess from a castle. Yeah. Don't think too much about this. Uh, next up was the reasons for gaming. Top five they had. Uh, number five was to pass time. Uh, number four was creation imagination. Number three is escapism. I'm genuinely surprised it's not one given the way things have been the last five years. <laughs> um number two is stress relief wait never mind that makes sense stress relief would be above escapism and then number one is to unwind to which i go isn't that technically stress relief yeah i feel like it's kind of nebulous in that sense stress relief and unwind are two different things no yeah i kind of looked at that and no. went mm. i mean technically no, technically it's a top three because i could almost say escapism falls into that too i will make the argument i'll make the argument for their for their sake that like unwinding and stress for this for two different things because you could have something like like um elden ring which is not stress relieving like it's a stressful game or if you're playing a competitive game that could be stressful but i would put unwinding as like a relaxing aspect yeah so i would put i'd probably rephrase it as like relaxing right i'm sitting on the couch i'm having a beer i'm chilling out two i'm stressed out and i'm trying to decompress i'd be playing something like we talked about like coffee time or whatever and then was it coffee time or coffee talk? I can't remember. Coffee what talk. Coffee, coffee talk. time is that rest is that old chain that we used to have. That's the run. Um, and mm. then funny story about coffee time. I, we had one around the corner from us at one point and I remember going in one time and there was a ton of bees. I don't know why there was a bunch <laughs> of bees in the coffee time, but they're all eating the donuts. And I was just like, nobody seemed concerned about the bees. Look, and the like, honey glazed donuts bees. are delicious. They couldn't yeah. help themselves. I'm just saying no one seemed concerned by the, the cabinet full of bees in this coffee time. Anyways, they're just like, trying to order a hot honey. Latte it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But like, so like I would put like it's probably relaxation, de-stressing, like going from high stress to low stress, and then uh, escapism is forgetting your problems. That's how I'd, uh, I'd interpret it. Yeah, so. I, I, I can make sense. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. 
uh, in terms of the, they did the more of the bar graph stuff. So they put pass time, uh, tweens far and beyond on that. We were way at the bottom. Passing time is, we don't have time to pass. We have to use this time. Yeah. So it did, definitely didn't work for us. Achievement. I'm not sure what it specifically means. I don't think it means achievements because then Chris would be literally at the top. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I'm sure it's it, it a sense, sense of achievement and accomplishment. I'm sure that that's what they were referring to. Uh, tweens again, far and beyond. At the top, we were well at the bottom. Intellectual stimulation, we were well at the top. Tweens were way at the bottom. Well, that's because kids are fucking dumb. All right, moving on. I don't know, I'm pretty dumb too. I don't think that has. Well, that's true. We all are fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Exploration again, we were way at the top. Tweens very far at the bottom. Two on wine, Gen Z was at the top right now. Actually, it was pretty consistent. Like between the other three groups of uh, tweens, teens, and millennials, we were all pretty close to each other. And then social connection and community, tweens and teens were the most at the top. We were most at the bottom. Well, that's because we've made all our friends. We don't need any more. So this is an interesting thing. I want to talk about the, going back to the one you were talking about, um, exploration, right? And you were saying that millennials are high on exploration and like teens and tweens are not. And I wonder if this has something to do, because I know like with younger kids, and I know we're talking generate like different generations, but like predictability, expectations, knowing what to do. Like, I think it might be something interesting that like for teens and tweens, like they're still like exploring a lot they're still discovering a lot in their day-to-day -day, so maybe they're looking for less things to explore whereas us as you know 30 some odds like we've seen the world it's kind of boring like we've Google I image think they, they were just referring to, to exploration, meaning more like to go around a world in a game and explore it which would make sense given the kind of games that tweens are playing like Fortnite, where there's not exactly like they've seen the world a thousand times whereas we'll go and play open world rpgs a lot more often because we just want to go and just walk right well that's what i'm saying i wonder if we as like being older people like we've seen like the mystery of the world is over for like for us not to sound doom and gloom or anything like that but like we've google imaged everything we want to google image like we've done the like geomapping google maps everything that we want to see so like we're looking to explore new things we're looking for mystery we're looking for discovery whereas tweens and stuff they're kind of still getting that right like and i mean like, I if know. you're playing games like you know rocket league or mario or what like it's not exactly there's not much to explore that's very like condensed in where you're at you're not exactly going to be able to do a lot so depending yeah, on the game I, too that you're kind of playing like again a lot of the games that we're geared to especially with the big sony games these days you know us all being sony ponies generally are open world adventure that's games. me so there happens to be a lot more emphasis on exploration with a lot of the games that we play I mean, case in point, one of the biggest games, assuming it comes out this year, is Starfield. What do you think that game is? A fuck ton of exploration. It's not going to be that big. They say, Anyways, how many planets did they every say Every planet is going to be unique. No, I meant it's not going to be that. I mean, it's not, I mean, not going to be that popular. But what I'm thinking <laughs> is that, like, this also goes back to, like, play styles, right? We talked about, like, have we talked about the type of games that, like, different generations want to play we were just yeah. about to get it that was going to be the next okay. one go to that and I'll, I'll jump on after you sure go so uh it's uh, there's probably a lot more to this but they just gave like the top three on a percentage as to what tweens generally play or as what all four categories i should say tweens uh 75 was their number one at survival games sandbox games were 73 percent, and adventure games were 71 percent. teens adventure was at 74 sandbox at 64 survival at 62 Gen Z was Adventure Games at 74, RPG at 71, Sandbox at 67, and then us old folk here, uh, RPGs at 79%, which is the biggest percentage of anything on this list, uh, Adventure Games at 63, and Action at 59. So we definitely have a big emphasis on, like I said, RPG games, which 
makes a lot of sense. But I think the other thing too is the the bias because like they were talking about tweens and stuff and, and Gen Z going for multiplayer competitive online kind of games, whereas millennials go more towards single player story adventure games. And for me, what that kind of might reflect is not so much a taste in games, but rather a difference in consumer lifestyle in the sense that, you know, most of these younger kids, you know, they're all on a similar schedule, similar responsibility. Like they all kind of have that time where they can get together and play video games and not have interruption. But I think of myself like as a, you know, 30 year old with a job and a kid, like my gaming time is sporadic and unpredictable that I cannot, it's hard for me to collaborate and, um, coordinate with a bunch of my friends to be like hey let's play video games together so i'm playing it on my time and i need to be able to stop and start whenever i need to so like if you know my adult life calls on me to do something i can pause my game and walk away which i can't do on a single player or on a multiplayer game like someone who is in their teens or 20s can just kind of play video games all night and like they're all on similar schedules of like hey we have school, we finish school, we got nothing but time, we may have a job, but like it's a lot easier to coordinate that way when well, that you're even, all on the same similar schedules. Even to go a little bit deeper with that, I mean, look at the kind of YouTube videos that younger creators do compared to older creators. What does a lot of older creators do? A lot more long form research they do this. based. This is what they're doing. Like, Minus yeah, the research. like we're talking at length. What is a lot of like younger audience like viewers? They're all quick jump cuts, ADHD sure. level, like fast paced stuff. They're doing the TikToks. Yeah. Elden talking. Ring is not that. We're talking. We're talking. You know, Jedi Fallen Survivor, you know it. Jedi Survivor. Jedi Survivor is not going to be that fast paced, but Fortnite, um, Call of Duty, Rocket League, like all those kinds of games, like they're all fast paced, quick, get into another game, go. That makes that's why a lot of the games that they're going into right now is a lot more short form, whereas a lot of the stuff that we're into is long form because a we have the time to really sit down with that experience, and two, it's kind of just we are at mentally at this point because we we don't need to have like the flashing lights and just like our brains to be hitting overdrive all the time. We'd like to just kind of pull the seat back and just kind of go deep into something. Because I mean, again, it's like yep. you know I'm not hearing stories about how you know kids at the age of 12 right now are all getting together playing WoW or Final Fantasy 14, right? Like, it's generally a much older community right now with these types of games compared to yeah. Battle Royale games, which is a huge younger audience-based setup. I mean, there's obviously older players that play that. There's obviously younger players that play those kind that play WoW and stuff like that. But it's definitely a disparaging difference between the two compared to, obviously, the sheer amounts that play what they respectively like. Yeah. Yeah, basically, young people have no attention span anymore, and it's going to—they're going to fail now yeah. at everything, except Fortnite. They'll be good at that. Now, in the interest yeah, of uh, not spending too much time on like going in between like every single demographic, we'll just focus on ours because well, we can only really talk about us as much. So, for the the profile that they put on us, so they said millennials turn to games that have depth and complexity to to them to foster exploration and intellectual stimulation. That's sort of true, but I also know what I play. I play some dumb shit too, so I wouldn't go too far on that. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> but uh, motivations, uh, stress relief was 53%, so was two escape at 53%. Two unwind was at 46%. In terms of influences, game quality was our biggest one at 70%. Well, yeah, we've kind of been around the road. We, we know what a good game looks like. We know what a bad game looks like. That's why a lot of us 
immediately drifted the fuck away from Gotham Knights and will be doing the same for Suicide Squad compared to obviously a game like Elden Ring or Horizon or God of War where we've seen the track record and we know what we're getting into. Uh, Storyline, 63%. Again, checks out with the RPG being our big thing. Uh, and design and visuals at 57%, which again, makes sense. Like we've been around the row long enough. We do kind of like distinctive looks at this point because we've seen so many. Oh yeah. I mean, Hi-Fi Rush was a big example of that. It was a lot more different from what we were used to seeing. So it definitely got some attention. Uh, in terms of content drivers, game mechanics was our highest at 72%. Again, checks out because we've been through a lot. Immersive World, 70%. Checks out with RPGs. And then character development, again, also checks out at 67%. So those are our big stuff. Platforms, PC was above and beyond our big thing at 81%. Console at 59%. Mobile at 47 And then genres, like we said earlier, RPGs, 79%. Adventure, 63 Action, 59 so it, it definitely does show that like the most the majority of our age group generally plays longer games games that have a lot more depth in terms of story and characters and honestly we're just suckers for quality now because well we're not nine anymore so playing uh the magic school bus video game is not going to be nearly as interesting anymore so god damn it actually who my kid and i would play a magic school bus game just for nostalgia's sake but uh we're kind of looking for something that's got a lot more to bite into rather than as kids were you were just your parents went to a dollar store and bought a game that you had no idea what it was. And you just ended up having to play uh, Wario's Woods for most of your your childhood because that's all you that had. was the game you had. That's all you had that's until your birthday you of Christmas. And you were just the, this was the flag you put your, your this is where you put your flag and you're going to die. If you got lucky, <laughs> they rolled the dice and just something was on sale where they went and it happened to be linked to the past. I wasn't that person, so I never got to. <laughs> I got Where's Waldo on Sega Genesis, and it had three images. I'm trying to think, what was the worst game that <laughs> that we owned on on our old consoles? Now I'm, oh man, we had nothing but bangers. Or at least that's what I tell myself. Tommy Lasorda's <laughs> baseball—that is probably the uh, worst. Yeah. garbage baseball game. Yeah, no, or the best. We're not sure. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't have Mario was missing. I'm very disappointed in myself. Yeah, my buddy had that. I just knew to avoid it. I would have picked <laughs> it up for sure if it weren't for him. But last but not least, we get to the final section that is definitely Kaylin's section here for co-gaming. Hey, I'm a kid. I have a kid. So parents, obviously, choosing gaming as a way to bomb with their children. The top three reasons as to why they play they play games with their children. Number three, at 41%, they want to pass down their gaming fandom. That's true. So Of course, we, we yep. look, look, we don't get a lot of chances in our life to indoctrinate people. You fucking better believe we're going to. Yep. Uh, 44% I do that number with, two. I actually do that with, I do that with Star Wars with my kid too. Like I talk, I do, like we have so many Star Wars books and like all this stuff because I just want to indoctrinate him with Star Wars. And like people ask like, what happens if like he doesn't like Star Wars? And I tell him like, He's going to grow up in a household and a world that he doesn't know that that's an option. He's going to go to other people's houses and be like, yo, where are your parents like Star Wars Lego? And they're going to be like, our parents don't have Star Wars Lego. And it's just going to blow his mind that there are some houses that don't like, have what Lego. Is Star Wars? Like Star Wars. Yeah. It's just, it's going to be a world. He just like some kids grow up yeah. in like Catholic households and they're like, that's all we know. He's only going to know that Star Wars is an option. So what you're saying is Chewbacca is going to be Jesus. Got it. All right. <laughs> That's a choice. <laughs> That's a choice. <laughs> Number two, uh, 44%. Their kids ask them to play together. 
surprisingly actually actually a true thing like i james doesn't always ask but he will at times ask like hey can we play this game or that game like can we well, play it's the, the racing it's the thing game? too like you see your dad doing something you kind of want to just do it with them because you just want to be with your folks like as a young kid that's true. all you want to do that's true and then last but not least, number one at 56%, it's a fun activity for them to do together. Well, yeah, if you, if you love gaming, the, honestly, here's the thing. Why is that only 56%? I told you this at the very beginning. Parents just want to play video games, and they're like, I also have to parent. Can I put these two together? And that's what they do. Yeah, there should be, like, in the fine print, 100%. They just want to play games and just and and be able to at least, like, not look like they're a bad parent ignoring their kids. Yeah, exactly. Like, if, I, if I include them... It's now we're doing this together. I'm not a I'm not a neglectful parent. What's the percentage on that one? Fifty six percent. Why is that so low? I know that, that should be like ninety nine percent, and the answer is no, just because here's I want the context. To. <laughs> here's the caveat that you guys are missing. It's a fun activity for them to do together. The only thing I can think say, of in terms of like how they do together. data is they were told to pick a top three, and maybe it's just that's why it's because they're going weighted on how they placed everything. Once again, you guys are getting you guys are missing the key operative word there fun activity it's not always a fun activity sometimes they're holding you back are you kidding me i have a blast when i when i kick my kids ass in mario kart are you kidding me not always you don't know what no no Uh, it's not always sometimes it sucks and then in terms of by the age uh i love my son so parents with kids of uh the ages of three to six they are 89 percent more likely to play so they know what's going on in the game yeah i've tried to play video games with my nephew when he was two Dude, if you're ever hearing this, you sucked, man. But you're good now. But back then, <laughs> oh, no. See, going back, it's not always a fun activity. Sometimes <laughs> no. it's just an activity. <laughs> uh, I think I give just running... all guys. Guys, I'm going to give you guys both a tip as a parent. Parenting, 90% of it is just running at the clock until bedtime. <laughs> yep. Uh, with kids of the age of 7 to 12, they are 28% more likely to play because their kids ask them to. That makes about sense, too, because that's around the age where they start having a little more autonomy. Yeah. Also, they said they're more likely to play uh, the following top three. Roblox at 38%, Fortnite at 52%, and Super Smash Brothers at number one at 59%. What? That that last one surprised me. Nintendo, I'm telling nope. you, they got the stranglehold on families. Doesn't make, that totally holds up for me, because if you think about it, that is, if I'm looking at it correctly for, because we're looking at kids likely to play for 7 to 12, Smash Bros. makes perfect sense. Because of those three games, that's the only one I think of that you can play as a split screen multiplayer. So you can play with your brother, your sister all in the same room yeah. versus Fortnite and Roblox. You need to have like each have their own console. I just mean like that. It's not Mario Kart and it's Smash Brothers, but uh, that could be an age thing. You play Mario Kart when you're younger and you're sick of it. You want the more violent game. Yeah, you want to bludgeon someone's head in with a hammer or a Pokeball yeah. or something like that. So, yeah. And then lastly, this one was interesting to me. So parents with kids between the ages of 13 and 17 were 46% more likely to play because they want to pass it down to their kids. That's a strange sentence because you think at this point that decision's already been figured out by now. But again, if somebody's not a parent, I guess I don't know. No, here's here's why it's probably at this age because this is the point where I can start showing them the cool shit in video games. Like this is where I can start bringing oh, out true, like, you can show uh, Last of Us and like, stuff like that. Interesting shit rather than just being yeah. like, you know, I don't have Luigi's to, I don't Mansion have to worry about right. like, now you can be like, exactly. all right, all right, we're playing Persona Gloves now. are off, kid. Time to get good. Put in Demon Souls. Let's go. All right, kid. Your Stop dad's crying. too scared to play Resident Evil, so you're going to have to beat this for him. 
I've already yeah. I've already worn, worn my brother when my nieces become old enough. Oh, they're gonna get some weird shit exposed to them. They're gonna find some. <laughs> they're gonna go down that rabbit hole with me of just some of the crazy stuff I found over the years. And I'm gonna break, uh, burst your bubble. Up. They're not gonna care. They're gonna be like, "Cool, Grandpa. We don't care. This is boring." Uh, it's Uncle. <laughs> I don't want to take. Jeez. I don't want to wait for my turn for a turn, Rude. like a turn-based RPG. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's gonna be a hard one to pass on. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, apparently the more likely to play for those for that age group uh splatoon at 56 percent, cuphead at 66 percent. very disappointed there was no 69 percent anywhere uh and rocket league at 89 percent oh rocket league but yeah that holds up yeah and then the last page i have here 79 percent of co-gaming parents do activities around gaming other than playing the game yeah so we're so we're talking like things like discussing and like teaching, you know, things through okay. that. So like here, here's some more data on that. So 47% of co-gaming parents discuss the contents and strategy of the game. 37% share the achievements that were earned and 34% research the characters and universe of the games together. So a lot of it's just also... like talking about like, what are you seeing? Like, what are we learning? And like pointing things out. Could this also is be like Link. Not... That is Zelda. No, but that could also be like, I wonder if they're looping and stuff like watching shows based on it. Like if you're going to see the Mario movie, does that count as like um, research the characters and universe of the game together, right? I, the, the, the vibes of the language that I'm getting from these things is that they're still more talking about like within the game itself. So like when they say they talk about discussing the contents and the strategy. So like talking about, well, you know, here's why you do this, like talking, like giving them like basic life lessons on or like skills and like how to, you know, Keep an eye open for things like that kind of stuff. Um, after that, yeah, yeah, I, it's it's a weird one because it's it's again like vague enough that you kind of have to sit there and go like, nah, I don't necessarily like, like I guess like half so, discussing the constant strategy, but like I don't know if strategy unless they're saying like do that. That's like that's all I can really think of there. Now here's my question: When they say parents discuss contents of strategy. I don't know if I ever showed this on the podcast, but they literally have a God of War B is for boy yeah, in yeah. ABC storybook. Did I talk have I talked about this yeah, on the I, podcast I, before? I don't know if you've talked about it on the show, but I know we've talked about it before at some yeah. point. So they literally That's have great. like a whole children's book on God of, for God of War. Which is kids fucking like, so cool and I love that. So that good. Is so cool. So good. But like this might be a situation of like, hey, we're talking to like, you know, sharing contents of games. Like this could be it. That could be it. That could be. It's a whole ABC book based on God of War. I'm trying to see if I can find a foot. Yeah. Except it only teaches you the letter B because that's all that's important. Just yeah. the letter. <laughs> well, okay. Technically B, O, and Y. Okay, so there's three letters. All right. Oh, there you go. There you go. Boy. Uh, but like lastly, definitely... as we... Oh, we're good. Oh, no. I oh, was going to finish my stats, so... I was just going to say, I could definitely see the strategy thing, actually, the more I think of it, because, like, my nephew's seven, but he just got, uh, for his birthday, I got him Pokemon Violet. And, like, that's not an easy game by any means. It doesn't, the there's not, like, a tutorial and you just know how to do everything. It's all, like, mystery, that whole freaking game. I'm still discovering things that I didn't know were even in it. And constantly, every time I talk to my nephew or run into him, he's like, have you done this, 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 and this? How do I do this, 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 and this? Like every mm -hmm. single dinner, every visit, everything. And then I learn a bit from him and he learns probably a lot more, obviously, from me. But yeah, there's a lot of discussion around the game, especially something like that. I imagine like a Breath of the Wild, something like that would have the same kind of discussions. 
for sure. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, we did talk about the things at the top when they were doing the key, um, the key findings, but uh, co-gamers believe that game or co-gaming parents believe that gaming uh, 33% was the top one establishes teamwork and collaboration. Uh, 26% believe that gaming teaches important life lessons and 25% fosters leadership skills, which I think honestly, it it's going to get higher and higher as things goes on. But you know, it's honestly not a bad number considering that at one point gaming used to be basically in the minds of parents, something to get their kids away from them. And that was it. Yeah. It was definitely looked at negatively. Like a parent would be like, why are you wasting your time with this nonsense with these I mean, it's crazy. Like we're so far removed from Jack Thompson, but it still feels like yesterday because I mean, really like obviously like Trump recently when he was still in, in office was talking about, you know, violence in video games and stuff. So like, it's not like it's ever been gone. But it's just when it's in its heyday where it was like de facto number one, it was like that was like San Andreas era. Like that was a long time ago. That was even earlier than that it was Mortal Kombat. That was where it started. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he had the ESRB. Yeah, I was thinking the hot copy one was where I was at for a second there. But yeah, Jack Thompson was even well before that. Yep. Oh yeah, hot coffee. <laughs> Throwback. Speaking of coffee talk. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this version. It's all circling back, guys. It's all circling back. I'm sure that I don't know if they're if they're going to post like an actual like bigger version of this, but like even just from what they did show up, like there was a lot to unpack there. A lot of interesting th- data that just kind of shows like kind of where we're trending these days. It seems like, you know, the industry is getting bigger than it ever is going to get. I mean, it's still a constantly growing industry and just the intrigue of seeing like what different communities are kind of doing. Like, again, I'm not surprised that the younger demographic is skewing to more fast-paced, you know, multiplayer games because, well, that's what's popular in most streaming cultures for content creators. Whereas I'm not surprised that for gamers of our age, it's what generally seems to be selling well on PlayStation and Xbox because, well, those are the ones that are playing those consoles the most. It's not really that surprising. Yeah. 100%. I feel like this has just been an hour of old men just complaining about what's wrong with kids today. Yeah. They're TikTok and they can't afford PCs. They think everything's an iPad. <laughs> that's all that's the too long didn't read. I'm sure yeah, come back so to me when your phone has RGB on it. We've made so many generalizations Ooh. about the younger generation today. It's been great. I'm sure we alienated. Get off of my pixelated lawn. <laughs> Comments awesome. under this video. Boomers complaining the episode. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks so much, Adam, for bringing this. This was actually a really fun topic. Um, yeah, and I think that's where we're going to leave it for this week's episode. Uh, well, if it was you either like that, that or we were going to talk about Microsoft for the upteenth time. Oh. And, like, how many times can you do that broken record? Especially considering none of us have any sort of, like, experience in the gaming industry or in business law. So this is just would have been, this is much better idea. So thank you for bringing that to our attention. Yeah, like, I, I saw people that were talking about me like, what does this mean? I'm like, nothing, shut up, stop <laughs> Stop caring about this story. It doesn't mean anything. It's just legal and fighting. For God's sakes, they're going to be fighting over this for years. Remember, yeah. one of my takeaways for my predictions for the year or next year or whatever it was at the beginning of the year was that we were still going to be talking about the Microsoft acquisition at the end of the year when it's Jeez, over. I'm going to make a prediction is we're going to stop talking about it because we're going to be like tired of reading these stories. <laughs> Today, legal jargon happened. 
It's like now there's going to be a story. It's like, oh, but in Malaysia, they put it through. I'm like, shut up. No one cares. <laughs> no one knows what it means anymore. It's like, it's like I just saw tell the... me the game. What coming? It's coming out on Game Pass next week. That's all I want to know. Jesus Christ. I don't care. I've known about this acquisition yeah. for like what? It feels like 10 years now. Yep. It's like I saw an article that Apple beat Epic in the like courts or something yesterday over the whole suing or whatever that Epic was doing against Apple. I was like, I thought that ended two years ago. Why are we still right? talking? What like, is happening? That's the thing with legal things. Like people just think like you sue and then it's and then it's done in a month. No, that shit goes for years. Yeah, yeah especially with large companies, that shit goes on forever because especially when you know you're gonna lose, you ride that shit out because. You, you try to get to a point that, you know, the opponent just decides to settle for cheap. So, <laughs> Anyways, oh, yeah. I think that's a good spot for us to put our flag in for this week's episode. Thank you so much for, ladies and gentlemen, for sticking with us, listening to us. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you want to find more, you can always find more episodes of the Pixel Play podcast wherever you get your podcast by searching for, guess what? Pixel Play podcast. You can also find us on YouTube and Spotify if you want to see our lovely faces as we do this. Hey, if we could ask you one quick favor, we'd ask that you please share this with your friends, like, and subscribe. It really helps us out, helps the YouTube algorithm gods out. They really uh, appreciate that. And so do we, with that being said, if you want to be part of the show, you can also email us at pixelplaypodcast@gmail.com, or you can find us on our socials. Uh, just search for pixel play podcast. We're there. Uh, we also have a link tree link, uh, link tr dot double E forward slash pixel play podcast. If you want to find all that contact information there, with that being said, I've been one of your hosts, Kalen, a.k.a. Catastrophe, joined as always by Adam at CS Radical and Chris at Jin and Chris. Thank you so much, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye for now.